Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! Hey everybody, the Jets playoff hopes washed away at MetLife Stadium on a night when their franchise quarterback looked awful. They fall to 0-4 in December, 7-8 overall. This is the Can't Wait podcast, the Athletics Jets podcast. I am Tim McMaster along with Zach Rosenblatt, our Jets reporter at the Athletic, and Marissa Dunn, our producer, this should be a celebratory podcast. We should be just talking about the greatness of Chris Strebler. But unfortunately, Strebler's breakthrough night in the NFL came on a dark night for the Jets overall. So we're going to kind of we're going to try to thread the needle on this episode. We are going to talk about Strebler, of course. Uh, We're also going to talk about Zach Wilson. Is the era of Zach Wilson with the New York Jets all but over And who plays next week if Mike White can't? We'll get into that. We'll also talk about the path to the playoffs because despite four straight losses, there still is a path to the postseason for this Jets team, although uh, it's getting more and more difficult. I hope everyone is staying warm and safe with the rough weather in the Northeast. And I guess we'll start there. As I look out the window, actually, we've got snow here in Pennsylvania today, but the sun is out right now. But Marissa, stranded in Cleveland, was supposed to yeah. fly to uh, the tri-state area on uh, this morning. So I will pose this question to get us started, Marissa. Okay. What was the worst two hours of your last basically 24 hours? <laughs> two hours in which Zach Wilson was in the game on Thursday night or your two hours on the phone with United Airlines this morning? <laughs> Honestly, it's pretty close. But I would say, knowing after Zach Wilson, what we had to watch, that Strebler was going to come in and <laughs> you're going to get to watch him push the pile and you know try and break these tackles. Uh, so I, I think the United thing takes takes the worst. Um, <laughs> but yeah, not great. But I did get on a 10 a.m. flight for tomorrow morning. So fingers crossed. And I hope everyone's staying warm because I have not experienced a uh, negative 19 wind chill. And when we were trying to clean off my car this morning, that was a whole different ball game. So oh, hopefully man. everyone's staying safe. And, uh, you know, if your plans have changed, I hope you could still enjoy uh, the holidays. Despite the line that I gave to Zach earlier was <laughs> for the Jets. This is like the nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> so, how to throw that one in there. But hopefully we can bring some joy to your day and break all this down in a uh, succinct way today and and bring some joy to your face i guess it, it is it is festivus if anyone watches yes. seinfeld today so we can and air out we can air out our grievances and yeah, yeah we can air out our grievances and uh yeah <laughs> yeah so let's move on to that and i will say as far as bad weather goes our guest picker is used to some bad weather as well uh he'll join us a little bit later uh from minnesota where they get a lot more snow than we do yeah, in I the northeast about the, the temperature yeah right what he's it's basically with. summer in new jersey by comparison right now it's just raining and cold here <laughs> there you go well you're uh, gonna get it it's coming i know i know it is <laughs> let's uh let's start with the good which was strebler i mean yeah, God, you tweeted it during the game zach that 
This is the preeminent Zach, uh, preeminent Chris Traveler podcast. Uh, the moment, you know, the whole game was was exciting in that standpoint for us because he basically started at wide receiver, technically, <laughs> right? Because he was in a wide receiver for the yeah. first game. Um, he had the one play in the first half where the whole team uh, committed was uh, was false you know, start. Committed, yeah, false start. Oh. But then he got a shot in the second half, and it was fun. You know, this was a game where at halftime we were texting, and I said, "If I'm a Jet, you know, if I'm a Jets fan at that stadium with it raining sideways and witnessing that first half, I don't know how you stay for the second half." But there was one glimmer of hope for the second half, and that was Chris Trevler, and he got in, and he led a good drive that fizzled out, obviously, with the fourth down inside the twenty. Um, he moved the ball. He showed obviously the guts where he's basically just a fullback. Um, once he snaps the pushing ball, pushing the and pile was my favorite part. Pushing oh, the yeah. pile, yeah, like yeah. he was like an offensive lineman, like just like trying to get those extra yards. I don't think I've seen a quarterback like really get in there and do that like he did. So overall, ten of 15, 90 yards. It's an eighty-two point six rating. Also, nine carries for fifty-four yards. He was the team's leading rusher um, <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I think we learned a couple things, Zach. One, Chris Trevler probably not the answer long term at quarterback. But two, I think he gave us everything we had hoped for this season from him. Yeah, there's just like so many layers to this that I don't even know where to start, honestly, because, you know, there's the Streveler aspect, which, you know, like I said, we are like, I feel like, you know, we're at least like a percentage of the reason why the stadium celebrated like it was the Super Bowl when he like completed a pass. Like, I feel like we're at least part or that they were saying we want Streveler like those chants were happening. Like, I feel like we contributed to that in some way. I don't know definitely. if we can take all the credit, but we definitely contributed to that. Um, I'm sure a lot of that had also to do with how bad Zach Wilson was, and it was like how worse, how much worse could it be? Um, I don't know. Like, and just to like take a step back, like, so I, I had heard earlier in the day, and I was told not to report it, so I shared it with you guys, obviously, as my Straveler buddies, <laughs> that I heard that he was not only getting called up, but that they were like actually going to use him. Um, and it was really hard for me to sit on that, obviously. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I need to like, oh, I need to tell somebody this, but I can't report it. Oh man. Um, I, I won't share all the details of what I heard anyway. Um, but yeah, Chris Traveler, um, you know, I would have been happy to leak that news for you, <laughs> by the way, sorry. It would be easy to figure out where it My came first from ever you, jet if you leaked it yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I didn't kill Connor, obviously, because you can't trust that guy. But uh, yeah. anyway, <laughs> that is like it in a nutshell. Like things yeah. you want to share, but you're like, mm, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I totally. Can't tell Connor yeah. because the secret with Connor. Yeah, but you know, it, it's interesting the Straveler thing. So the one angle, I guess, I, I I'll start with is that it made a lot of sense what they wanted to do. They wanted to get a boost in the running game. Like that's a good thought process. They wanted to use him as like a Taysom Hill, and I think he he showed that he can be that. Like Taysom Hill can't throw the ball either. Um, it, but Streveler clearly, I saw people calling him a tattooed Tim Tebow. I think that's disrespectful of Streveler. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, so what I didn't get, and I think others agree with this too, like, okay, so they do that, the first play where he's the receiver, it was clearly just like psych the other team out. And then they do the false start. And it seemed like the false start, like scared Michael floor into not using the package at all for most of the game from then on. Uh, which I didn't get. Like, I I don't think they should have gone away from that. I think the running game was really, really bad yesterday. Like, that's why Chris Trevor led the team in rushing yards. And he had a lot of space to move because they were not, like, defending the run at that point because they didn't they weren't scared of it at all. 
So I didn't get why they didn't try that sooner. I, it seemed like he got spooked by the false start and he got away from it. Um, and so they waited, they waited, they waited. And then when they finally did it, uh, and this is the next layer of this kind <laughs> maybe it was Taylor. I, I did see other people, by the way, another ask before I keep skipping around cause there's so many things running through my head. It, one of my favorite things about Strava last night, I knew that was going to happen. Uh, I just, I knew that the Jets fan base was going to go crazy about the fact that Straveler was playing and everybody not from New York, New Jersey was going to be like, what the heck are the Jets doing? Uh, I was a little disappointed in Ryan Fitzpatrick at halftime. He made a comment about like how they should get that Straveler more involved. And I think he called them like stellar. I don't know. He, he, he got his name like totally wrong. Oh God. So <laughs> I was like, oh, in the beard, you know? You know oh yeah. Like, true. Yeah. Kind of similar. But it look, made yeah. me realize that it's not, he's not such a household name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the thing he's no. there are people that know him for the fo- the famous photo that we, that is yeah. our group text message photo. <laughs> <laughs> uh of him in uh winning the cfl cup whatever it's called um great cup. like like I, that does when his name's mentioned there are like reporters that will like bring that up but it still was funny seeing the national reaction like what 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 is going on like this is how far it's fallen for the jets and that's kind of that's kind of my next point um you know as much as we love chris Streveler here the way the jets did what they did last night where zach wilson obviously needed to come out the game he he was awful um that might i mean for as bad as he was against the patriots I think all things considered, especially being on a national stage where everybody's watching you as bad as he could possibly be. And then the Jets, you know, Robert Sala sat there and him, Michael Floor sat there and they decided that the right move was going to be to put in a practice squad quarterback with 25 career passes to his name, who was just called up from the practice squad. They decided they wanted to put him in the game and then not take him out the rest of the game for Zach Wilson. Like as soon as they did that, Zach Wilson, in my opinion, his the era of him as the Jets starting quarter, whether he starts these next two games doesn't even matter to me. I, it, that ended everything. You you can't come back from that. Like it doesn't matter. You could say whatever you want. We still, we're not giving up on him. Uh, we still believe in him, whatever you want to say, like, like everything you just did indicates that you do not. Um, Zach Wilson's confidence is shot. He basically admitted that last night. Robert Sala has basically admitted that his confidence is shot. And you benched him for a practice squad quarterback who went in and gained 77 yards on a drive where like, obviously, Shreveler should have thrown a touchdown pass on that pass to Uzama. He, like, it was a really bad throw. Uh, but the fans cheered because there had been so few completions over the course of the game. Anyway, um, but they You couldn't like seven- tell immediately on TV. It, yeah. it looked like he just missed them. He was a little yeah, behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, but it then, was a bad throw. But if you're at the stadium, obviously, you can tell. Like, he's oh, 20 man. yards free of any defender. And Streveler basically throws to where he was. Not even, like, where he yeah. is. Yeah, but it, was like, he it was, like, behind was. him. It's actually amazing yeah. that Uzama caught it, honestly. But, yeah. um, and, and by the way, like, the, the cheers when, after Streveler's first run that gained yards and then his first pass that got a first down, legitimately the loudest I've heard the stadium all year. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's an exaggeration. Like, that, I think it's the... The op because they wanted something to happen, and then so Zach Wilson comes out. Who it was kind of almost. I don't think they did this on purpose. Maybe they did. I don't know. It was almost messed up the way they did it because it was the third quarter. Um, Zach Wilson goes out as if he's going to play, and the fans are booing the fact that he's on the field. And as the boos are winding down, they take Zach Wilson out. Like he doesn't even run a play, and Strevler comes in. Um, and so. <laughs> Like, you, you know, Zach heard that. He admitted he heard it. He said he understood it and all that stuff. Um. Anyway, so they gained 77 yards on, on Straveler's first drive. They don't end it in, in points. Uh, maybe they should have kicked a field goal. I don't know. Uh, but they don't end it in points. And then, and that, but anyway, the, the 77 yards was, 
like 10 yards less than what Zach Wilson had gained in eight eight or seven possessions. Seven. Seven, seven possessions. possessions. Yep. And then from that point on, like that, Chris Jeffrey only had a package of running plays. Like the plan was not to have him air the ball out, but they decided to keep him out there. Robert Sala tried saying it wasn't because they were benching Wilson because of performance. And so he didn't go to Flacco because there were six minutes left and it didn't seem fair to him. And all that is well and good, but it, it pretty clearly turned into we're not going to Zach because Chris Teller is playing better than him. They they opened the playbook to more than he had even planned for. He he didn't even know he was going to be playing until Thursday morning because of the short week. So I'm sure they did a walkthrough on Thursday or something, and that's where they installed whatever package they had for him. Like it which was explains the false start in the first yeah. half, right? And there was it was also loud during that. Like it was it was another thing where when Strebler came in in the third quarter, it was so loud that it was the same thing with Mike White where he had to tell them like everybody be quiet. Like that, this is a practice squad quarterback. Like, I, I can't imagine that ever happening in another situation. Um, although practice squad rules are weird now, but I don't know. So it, it puts the Jets in such an interesting crossroads as an organization. It, this is a big thing about what I'm running for tomorrow. I won't spoil all of it, but if you look throughout recent history over the last 15 years, is what I I looked back on. When a team has a first round quarterback, that's a bust that you can qualify as a bust. And Zach Wilson, Richard Sermon said he's as big of a bust as Jamarcus Russell, and it's hard to argue with that. But if you look over the last 15 years, none of the guys that I would classify as bust, the coach lasted beyond the third year after they drafted him. Um, most of them were fired after one or two years. So it, it's it's such an interesting dynamic here. And I'm not trying to get too far ahead. It's just there's just like so many, so many things to talk about here with this. But, um, you know, they, they're weirdly Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are weirdly safe because of how bad Zach Wilson was, because they look like they're a quarterback away. If you just look at all the numbers, they're better with other quarterbacks and Zach Wilson is bad. So they're like, look, we, if we get a quarterback in here, we can win a lot of games. And this is a championship roster. Robert Sala said, so if we get a quarterback in here, we can compete for a championship. So that, that gains them another year. But then what it does next year is they're on their last legs. I think they're, this is not a three strikes and you're out league. It's a, it's often a one strike and you're out when it comes to quarterback and they're getting a second stab at it now. Um, but anyway, to sum up the long, droning on point I was trying to make here is that I think the Zach Wilson era is over. Um, it's it's just impossible to come back from this. I don't know if his career's over. I, I we've, We were talking about this in the press box. I, I, I can envision a future where a team that loves just stashing quarterbacks on their roster and developing them like the Eagles or the Chiefs or um, somebody like that takes a flyer on him. I don't know if that means via trade or a couple years from now when the Jets let him go or, or how that what that looks like. But you can't go in the next year with Zach Wilson as – one of the guys that's competing for the quarterback job, unless it's with Mike White or something like they, if this is really a championship team and if these coaches and this GM wants to stick around, they can't mess it up again. They've all the onus is on them to find the right quarterback. I think they just, they deserve blame for Zach Wilson, not becoming what he is. And I'm sure we'll have a lot of conversations this off season about what went wrong, but that, that the biggest and only takeaway really from that game. And I, this is, wasn't my story last night. Uh, like Chris Strebler, in another universe, like his story is the story. Like he's got a very cool journey to playing. Like it was almost like a Vince Papali invincible type thing. Like this guy, you know, had to transfer to South Dakota, got cut a bunch of times in the NFL, started his career in the CFL, won a championship there, was a backup to start out in the CFL, has been bouncing around the NFL, stumbled onto the Jets because they needed a training camp arm, became a training uh, preseason hero, and then all of a sudden he's playing in the fourth quarter of a 
of a game in December with playoff implications. <laughs> like that's it's a very cool story, but it's what all of that represents is that if they make a movie, a I hope we get a little yeah. bit part in the movie. Or like they show like, like the clips of us. of us talking about them. You know, they do that yeah. in movies sometimes, you know. Right. <laughs> anyway, I just ranted for a while. I'm not sure what your thoughts are. Sorry for that, but there's a lot to cover. <laughs> no, that that was good. I think we can back a little like one thing I want to get to too, and we should get more into Zach's performance last yeah. night, I think. But but one thing that you know Salah said after the game was the reason we went to Streveler. Um, and I, I think I have the quote here was basically to spark the running attack, right? Like, yeah, yeah he gave I was going to try to get the running game going. Strev had some explosive plays. He gave us a spark. Um, there's two ways to look at the running game's failures the last couple of weeks. The offensive line hasn't been good, no question. And obviously there's backups all over the place. But the running game wasn't terrible three weeks ago, right? Like we saw... Bam, look good for a couple of weeks with Mike White in a quarterback. So how much of the bad offensive line play is the fact that it's just a bad offensive line and how much of it is that defenses are just not even worrying about Zach Wilson and they're just completely focused on shutting down the run? Yeah, that's an interesting way to phrase that question. Um, I, I think it the challenge it can be both it, too, I guess. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's the, the the challenge in evaluating this offensive line that they're going to run into is like I so I tweeted out some stats about like the like the pressure rate and the sack rate when Zach Wilson is the quarterback versus when it's any other quarterback and it's like stark. It's like the offensive line. I mean, the, the blocking ranks like in the top ten in both categories without Zach and with him, it's in the the bottom ten. Yeah, here um, you go. Third, I actually wrote these down because I thought the tweet was great. Uh, Thirty nine point eight percent pressure rate. With Zach, which would be 30th, and the sack rate is 8.6%, which would be 25th. Without Zach, it's 296 pressure rate, which would be 9th. 4.7% sack rate, which would be 6th. So there you go. Yeah, and, and so I think there is something to be said for what Zach being in there does to the offensive line. He clearly holds on to the ball too long. I think that's something that we can say. Um, I do have questions about the offensive line. I think George Fant is pretty shot at this point. Uh, Dwayne Brown is fighting through that shoulder injury and he's been valiant in that effort, but it's been bumpy. Uh, I think Connor McGovern had his worst game of the season. Like, but again, like, I don't know if it's, these guys aren't that good if they don't like playing with Zach, what it is, but something that since Zach's come back in, this running game has just been shut down. It's, I think it, a lot of it is what you said. They do not respect him. They do not believe he's going to make the right decisions. They would rather, they would, they teams would rather he tries to take those crazy deep shots across the opposite side of the field. Cause the percentage of percentage chance of those completing are pretty slim even if you're Patrick Mahomes like those are those are really hard to complete and that's kind of where he lives he doesn't make the easy passes that's kind of been his issue this whole time and so he's holding on to the ball too long the running game they don't respect um and so it just combined to like have this stagnant offense that uh has reflected poorly on Michael Floor and and Rob Calabrese and you know this offensive line and these receivers their numbers just go way down when Zach's in there um and so it's something that they really this they really have to reckon with, and I, I don't know what the solution is off the offensive line, and that's going to be a big topic this offseason too, because they like it's so up in the air. The only one that only player I'm confident will be an offensive lineman for this team next year is Elijah Vera Tucker. I mean, he's injured right now. Uh, like Cor Connor McGovern, free agent; George Fant, free agent; Dwayne Brown is going to be 38. Uh, Lake and Tomlinson, I guess, will be here. Um, Nate Herbig, free agent. Like this is a this is a group with a lot of guys that aren't going to be here next year, and rebuilding an offensive line is hard. Can, not having consistency year to year is is really tough for an offensive line. Not having a week to week is even harder, which they haven't had. So, I, I, that's a long way to answer your question, but 
um, that I don't know. It, it's they have to figure out how to evaluate players on this team on offense based on who the quarterback is and how much of it, how much weight they should put in the fact that okay, the, this guy struggled when Zach was in there, but he did not struggle when Zach wasn't in there. Like how, it's Joe Douglas is, has a real big challenge ahead of him and how he how he evaluates this roster and you know. How, I, they clearly were trying to fit a square peg into a round hole with Zach in this offense, and it just did not work out. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It's just, and it's funny because they drafted him for this offense, and it just hasn't yeah. hasn't been that fit. Um, all right, we're gonna get to. You mentioned Lafleur. I want to talk about more yeah. about Lafleur and the general offense on Thursday night. Uh, we'll talk about the defense as well because 19 points is pretty good, but overall it it didn't look like a great defense on Thursday night. Plus our picks and the path to the playoffs, plenty to get to after this break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Reading through the chat section a little bit during the break, you could see a lot of comments just about like who who should be the quarterback next year and who should be the coaching yeah. staff next year as well. And, and I feel like that's a discussion we'll have on this podcast in a future episode as yeah. far as filling that quarterback void and, and where you go, assuming that Zach Wilson, like you said, Zach, is done as a starting quarterback for the New York Jets. But it's go so ahead. crazy because like we've been talking playoffs on this podcast I know. all year. It's funny and how quickly it turned. Yeah. We're back to where we started last <laughs> off season. I don't get it. Like how did that how did this happen? Oh, in four December. Time we'll is time that. is a flat I circle, mean, as they say. Yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> We thought this was, you know, the different December, and this is the same podcast we did last year. Now it it, it happens fast. It happens yeah. fast. Yeah, yeah the NFL. I mean, we we've had we've had we've had I've had, and when I tagged you guys, we've had a bunch of people being like, "All right, so when's Dame Brugler coming on the pod?" Yeah, and we yeah. we did text about this. He's on vacation currently, but yeah, um, we, we will have him on. Because um, yes. I am yes. curious to see his thoughts because. You know, Dane obviously does a great job evaluating these quarterbacks coming out of the draft. And I'm always curious for guys like that, like how they reflect on what happens to a guy when he gets to the league and what goes wrong, what goes right. Like what 
Dane feels like he got wrong, what he feels like. I'm I'm very fascinated because Zach was a very interesting test case. If you just look at like how his college career played out, the the opponents he played, you know, I think there was a lot made of his like last year, he wasn't voted a captain. And then they tried to play it off. Like it was nothing, but in retrospect, maybe there was something there. Like, I don't know, but yeah. So I'm looking forward to chatting with Dane about that. And also, I, I'm not ready to look at like draft prospects. Ugh. Yeah, Dane was high on Zach coming out, but I, I think know, what yeah. he probably will say is he was yeah. he never got to see Zach against big competition. I yep. think that's what it you know you can only you can only scout a player on what you see them playing against, and that is that's tricky, and that's the risk the Jets took, and it looks like has backfired on them here. So one more thing there, I mean what. And maybe they keep him on the roster, right? As like the backup, and maybe he gets a shot down the road. But if they decided to try to move Zach Wilson, he can't have any trade value right now. Yeah. Like, what do you get I back think, for the number two I pick? Think, like a fifth rounder, a fourth yeah, rounder? It's, I've had I've had a hard time with this. On one hand, I could see an argument that there's no value and they could get a day three pick at best or whatever. But I've also seen number one. I've you've seen quotes even this season like anonymous scouts being like, he has all the talent in the world. He, maybe he'll put it together. You have to be patient. Um, while also like knowing that when you actually watch him, you know that that's overblown. But so all it takes is one team to believe that they can like fix a guy. Like I talked about earlier with the Chiefs or the Eagles or something like that. And you've seen bad quarterbacks get traded for way more than expected very often. Sam, Sam Darnold. Dar- <laughs> Sam Darnold is the best Sam example Darnold. here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Josh Rosen. Like there's, there's guys like that that, they were drafted high recently. A lot of times they have a chance. Zach Wilson has the misfortune of being labeled a Jamarcus Russell level bust, which is not, it's not like Jamarcus Russell was traded for anything. His career just fizzled out after three years. Uh, I mean, there's a lot more problems there. Uh, yeah. Like to Zach's credit, I don't think he's like a bad kid by any means. I, I just don't think he was ready for this and, and all that. But yeah, I mean, that that's going to be fascinating to me because they're not going to cut him. Uh, it would, they would literally lose money by cutting him. I think $11 million. Uh, I imagine they'd, like it might gun to my head, I'd say they go into camp with them still on the roster and you kind of just have them developing as maybe the third quarterback or or maybe if they sign a guy like Jimmy G and they let Mike White go, then Zach's the number two, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I, I imagine Joe will be willing to listen to offers. I, I do think there would be teams that would be intrigued at the idea of bringing him in. He's on a rookie contract. If they believe in his talent, like I said, and they believe they can develop him and then you get him to the point where he's usable – then all of a sudden you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. So um, I don't know what the value would be. Maybe, you know, a conditional fourth or maybe it's a sixth or I don't know. Uh, Joe Douglas has stood his ground in things like Denzel Mims and Elijah Moore demanding trades when their value is pretty low. And I think that was the smart move uh, as it turned out, especially on Elijah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That That's going to be a very interesting question. I mean, the, the biggest question is who their quarterback is next year if it's not Zach Wilson. And then the next most interesting question is what they do with Zach Wilson because <laughs> he feels like persona non grata around here. They, they can't roll into next year with him. I think they know that. That's why Salah, for all the quotes he had all year about how we still believe him, he's the future. We still want to get him back on the field. His like quotes today when he was asked about is he the future, he said, uh, we don't, we don't, we're not in the business of giving up on anybody and we're still going to try. But he, like he made it more general, which is pretty clear that he's having a hard time even like, you know, justifying zach anymore which which we'll get into what that means for next week because i'm fascinated by what they might do this next week but yeah i i don't know if he has any trade value but i don't think he has no trade value like i don't think there's zero trade value but i don't 
they're not going to get a second round pick for him. They're not going to get the Sam Darnold package is what I would say. Right. As Zach Wilson's stock plummets, it feels like so is Mike LaFleur's. Um, And, you know, it was what, a month ago? We were talking about him being in articles (laughs) as like one of the next young hot coaches. And you know what? He still might be that because we've seen this offense click with other quarterbacks. We haven't seen it with Zach. But I will say Thursday night in driving rain, with a quarterback that clearly you have no confidence in going into the game. First half, they had five rushes for four yards. Like, I get it wasn't necessarily working, but you didn't give it much of a chance either. And they ended yeah. up with 10 carries in the entire game for non-quarterbacks. I, I just I just scratched my head that there's this guy you know, you know the coaching staff last night didn't go into that game feeling good about Zach Wilson. And like they'll deny it all they, they would, can. They wouldn't there's... have done the they wouldn't have done the Straveler thing if they felt good right. about him. That's so how is the game plan like? Yeah, let's just let Zach sling it. You know. Yeah, that that that's a, the interesting because I, I can see both sides of the argument with Lafleur. Right, and some people have made the, the side of the argument that any quarterback besides Zach Wilson's in there statistically they they get more yards, they score more. The offensive line plays better, as we said. Like guys like Garrett Wilson are getting the ball more. Like these things are all true. It's clear that he's better with quarterbacks that can run the offense, where he doesn't have to. Like they clearly have simplified the offense for Zach to a degree that he can't be as creative as, or he doesn't feel like he can be as creative. And so when you when you see what he can do with Mike White, like it, that's why these next two weeks are going to be very interesting for Lafleur. Because if Mike White comes back, which we have no idea if he's going to, if he plays those two games and the offense plays amazing those next two games and they win or they come close to winning. Then you go. Then you're like, all right, maybe there's something here. But at the same time, like Lafleur does deserve to shoulder some of the responsibility. <laughs> and also, by the way, with without Zach Wilson, I think they're three and seven. And you know, they had that Vikings game where they went one and six in the red zone, which is a coaching thing. When you get to the red zone, you can't score. I think it's on coaching. So it's not like he's been perfect with that Zach. But yeah, so they drafted Zach Wilson. They hired the staff and. Michael Floor was given the keys to develop him. Like Robert Sala was not developing Zach Wilson. He's not the offensive coach. Obviously, they lost Greg Knapp, which was tough. They brought in John Beck. Rob Calabrese, pretty inexperienced. I don't know if they're going to make a change at QB coach next year. I think that's, that's interesting, hard. too, though, because Rob Calabrese was a guy that they were so high on as yeah. quarterback coach. I, that, that's, I, I'm very fascinated because they're going to, I imagine that ownership is going to want some sort of change. I don't know. Like there, there's got to be a scapegoat for the way things happen here, unfortunately, especially with Zach. And Calabrese is probably the best candidate for that since I best. I, I mean, I'm not like promoting somebody like losing their job or whatever. I'm not celebrating it. But um, like the, the, the reality is they drafted Zach Wilson number two overall. He has not only not made progress, I would argue he maybe he's even gotten worse as time has gone on. Uh, they have not put him in position to succeed. Or if they have, they've not done a good job of, you know, fostering a, a winning environment for him uh, when he's in the game. Um, and so I think Michael Floor deserves to shoulder some of that responsibility. His job is to put the quarterback in position to succeed. The quarterback did not succeed. Uh, and so I, I think it's fair to criticize LaFleur for this. I don't think he deserves to be fired. I, um, I think this whole staff is going to be on notice for next year. I, but LaFleur is the most interesting one to me just because the offense has not played up to its potential. They're, I think they're averaging 14 points a game over the last six games. So that includes Mike White when he was in there. Like you're not going to win football games when that's the case. Uh, and all year the offense has been what's held them back. If you look at, especially the losses, you know, they, they got beat pretty good by the Bengals. That game was never actually going to be close. The rest of them, you know, they scored three points in the second Patriots game. Uh, they scored 12 points. Uh, I think it was the Bills game. 
the Vikings one, they can only get 22 despite getting in the in the red zone six times. They had three points against the Jaguars, terrible defense. Uh, I can't remember how many they had against the Lions. It was not many. Uh, and that that's another one of the, the teams that was supposed to be one of the worst defenses. And so um, ultimately, LaFleur absolutely deserves a shoulder to blame. I think he knows that he's going to. Uh, I think he believes that he can get this team on track with the right quarterback. But there hasn't been evidence yet of what this team playing winning offensive football. And so I, that, that's why I, I'm like on both sides of it. Like, I think he deserves blame. Does he deserve the most blame? I, I think Zach deserves the most blame ultimately, or maybe the evaluation of Zach deserves blame from Joe Douglas, but I don't know. LaFleur hasn't done a good enough job. I think that's a fair statement to make. What made uh, the, the performance, I guess, by Zach hurt even more. I think last night was the performance by the guy on the other side of the field, Trevor Lawrence, who was just just looked comfortable the whole game. And it's funny, you know, the Jets only gave up 19 points in this game, yeah. but it felt like they were just getting kind of gashed throughout the game and the Jags were kind of doing whatever they wanted. But Lawrence was 20 of 31, 229, um, 86.6 rating. Nothing amazing, but take into account the weather and everything that was going on. Yeah. And it just felt like... He looked like you want a second-year franchise quarterback to look like, right? He also ran the ball very effectively. Um, and it just made – in the first half, I was thinking back to the end of that season where the two teams were kind of tanking, and the Jets got that ridiculous win, right, against the – was it against the Raiders? Um, Marissa, do you remember? Remember it was the – the cra- I think it was – In 2020? Yeah. They, they got down the, the stretch. It looked like the Jets were going to get the number one pick. They, well, they, then, they beat the Rams, and I can't remember what the other one was. I think it was the they beat the Rams. Okay, yeah, that was that was the big one. They were defeated, yes. and then, then they won again in like the next week. Yeah, yeah. It, um, and it, and just like for two weeks, a fan base which was actually starting to get excited about like, all right, we're going to get Trevor Lawrence, and it was like, no, yeah. you're not even going to get Trevor Lawrence. And then there was obviously hope for Zach Wilson. But now last night's game was the first time I think that I really thought back on that, the end of that year, like, yeah. wow, that really, that was a big deal for the, this franchise. The, the joke the joke that I kept typing out and then not tweeting because fans were accusing me of being too negative before the game. So I decided I would let the negativity just live on its own. But the joke was I was going to make is maybe the Jets would have won this game if they just pretended they needed to lose it to get a generational quarterback. <laughs> that's, that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was the Browns, which I should have remembered that right. game. Oh. <laughs> um, that was that was at MetLife. Now now it's all coming back. It's been a long three years. It was the Browns and Rams. Those two yeah. games were what. Uh, put and I, I saw fan, I know fans were blaming uh, Braden Mann because he like saved a kick return touchdown against the Rams. <laughs> so the hate for Braden Mann somehow got louder for a thing that happened two years ago for an actual positive on the yeah. field play. But yeah, to your point, the the defense. They have slowed down in recent weeks. I know they didn't have Quinn and Williams last week. They allowed 250 yards in the first half. They did better in the second, but 250 and a half is is rough. Um, they were dinking and dunking them to death, which is what teams have done to beat the Jets, which I think tells you about like the the, the improvement areas on offense are pretty obvious, and I think on defense they are too. It's that linebacker. It's that safety. I think the linebackers have had a really tough time in coverage, uh, and the safeties have missed a lot of tackles. So. That's going to be something to keep an eye on this offseason. But at the end of the day, when the season ends, nobody's going to blame the defense for what they did. I think Jeff Ulbrich has done a really good job this season. Uh, ultimately, they, they still held the Jaguars to, what, 19 points? What was the yep. final score? Yeah, 19. 19 yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how hard the, they were going on offense late in the game, but they still held them in the second half. And Quinn and Williams got another sack. And 
Uh, that defensive line's pretty good. You know, they're going to have to some tough decisions to make with guys like CJ Mosley and Carl Lawson and stuff like that. But um, there are holes on the defense they need to fill. Ultimately, this whole offseason is going to be about the offense in my mind, though. Like, no matter what, the defense did their job all year. If they don't make the even if the defense has two terrible games in a row, it doesn't even matter because they would be in they would be in the playoffs right now if the offense did their job in, in a lot of these games. And that ultimately goes back to Zach and how the offense struggled with him in there. But um, it's it's hard to blame Ulbrich and it's hard to blame the defense for anything that has transpired this season, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. They've they've been the reason the Jets have have won the games they've won and been in it. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, before we get to our picks, um, real quick, there is a path to the playoffs. I mentioned it off the top. Uh, 538 right now says the Jets have an 8% chance of making the playoffs. That can go up based on this weekend's, or it can go down based on this weekend's games. But um, I believe this is the easiest road. And it's not super complicated, although it is kind of unlikely. But obviously the Jets have to win out, no question about that, which is something that Unless Mike White's healthy, I just can't imagine happening. But you got 10 days here until the next game. So Jets win out, Seattle and Miami. I think the Patriots have to lose two of three, and that's probably going to happen. Uh, They have the Bengals at home, Dolphins at home, and then at the Bills. The one thing that could hurt is if the Bills don't have anything to play for in Week 18. Although Bills-Patriots, I think the Bills will still really want to win that game. Um, So that could definitely happen. Um, the Dolphins really need to lose to the Packers on Sunday, though, at home. Um, we've seen the Packers. That seems unlikely, but Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, so who knows? And then the Dolphins need to bounce back from that defeat and beat the Patriots on New Year's Day. And I think that that happens, and the Jets are home free. That's it. That's all that they need. I will. Say, what do you think, Zach? I mean, Robert Sala even called playoffs far-fetched, I think was the term he used today. So I think... They, they they said all week that they knew they had to win out going yeah. into that this last game, and they didn't do it. Um, I think there, there's a, a lot would have to happen, but I think they can technically be eliminated this weekend too. So they might go into next week in theory and just already be out of it. Um, so the, so then the question becomes like what the last two games are about. Is it Are they going to do it to evaluate Zach or are they going to do it to evaluate Mike? A lot of the roster is going to be evaluated, so maybe you start seeing some young guys get some playing time or – guys that are you know they're not sure if they want to resign or not or however they do it but um yeah i i've kind of just moved on i maybe that maybe this can be a freezing cold takes if the jets somehow go on a run at the end here and, and miracles happen but i've moved on from the possibility of playoffs and i think my focus now is i'm sure the jets are kind of internally thinking i mean they're still going to try and win but 
it's about the offseason now. It's about finding the right quarterback. It's about figuring all that out, uh, whether that's Jimmy G, Derek Carr, any of those guys, whether they can pull a blockbuster off, whether they have to draft somebody, like whatever, whatever it is, uh, they need to find a quarterback. Um, you hope that Mike White gets clear. I mean, we should say that, that we don't know yet what's going to happen with him. That's going to be a storyline coming up. Uh, there's long. They have like nine days now for him to be cleared. That's a lot more time. If he was close before, you'd think maybe he gets clear by then. It just depends on how his ribs are feeling because you know that's it's if it's not if he's not ready to come back, they're not going to rush him back because that could be like life threatening or whatever. So, um, so you hope that he gets cleared and that you, you see this offense in the last two games with Mike White at quarterback, and then that will help dictate what they do this offseason. If they don't see Mike White these next two games, they have a lot of questions and 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 no easy no obvious answers about quarterback. And that we're gonna have a lot of podcasts this offseason about quarterbacks. I can already yeah. see that coming. I'll just say that. Well, I was gonna say if if Mike White's healthy, you talked about which quarterback you play for evaluation. If you're evaluating the whole roster, it has to be Mike White playing oh, in yeah, my yeah, mind. Yeah. Because if you're evaluating the whole offense, how can you evaluate those players based on the way yeah. Zach has played in front of them, right? Like at least Mike White gives you like at least like that average to slightly above above average, maybe quarterback play to judge everybody else around. So um, we will see. Yeah, I, I think it, I think he pretty obviously will be the starter if he's back. What I'm more interested in is if he's not able to come back this week. I think the smart thing would to do would be start Flacco and do Strevler, like Taysom Hill type packages. Yeah. I don't think you can start Strevler, and you definitely, in my mind, can't start Zach Wilson again. This, this roster, I think, is just not going to play for him. So um yeah, so we got another week where we don't know who's going to start at quarterback. It seems like it's an every week thing, which is wild. The fact that there's a fourth quarterback in the mix now just is the most Jetsian thing ever, but whatever. <laughs> the one we've been waiting for. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on to picks. Uh, we usually don't do picks after uh, on a game recap, but obviously the Thursday night yeah. gives, gives us this. So let's welcome in our guest picker, Dave Hoyt, longtime Jets fan, current Minnesota resident who has dealt with snow and actually was going to be on last week, but the weather and school days and a lot of different stuff got in the way because Dave's a teacher out there. Dave, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me on. And uh, plenty of snow, I assume, in Minnesota right now. Yeah, it's blowing around pretty good out there right now. So travel is not recommended. Super cold and windy. So in the house. Dave said before the show he's at like negative forty wind chill. So yeah, I thought my when I woke up this morning it was yeah like, negative forty. Yeah, that's Oof. insane. So you didn't have to go to school, which is good. Uh, no, it was a, it was a scheduled day off today. Oh, anyway perfect for Christmas break. Yep, so. yep. All right, Dave. So you're in Minnesota, but I assume you have some roots or you grew up like how did you become a jets fan where are you um, from originally all that stuff so the the guy you had on last week said i don't know why anyone who's not from new york would be a jets fan well i'm that guy <laughs> I, I was uh when i was 11 years old so 1981 i was you know you're watching football on the weekends whatever games you get and then you read the little clipping in the next day in the newspaper that told you it was or watched monday night highlights the jets went on they lost like their first three games of the season then they won they tied one game and lost twice. So they finished 10, five and one. And I jumped on the bandwagon in 1981 and, and I'm just, and everyone who knows me, I'll tell you, I'm stubborn. I just never jumped off. So the O'Brien so, glory days in the 80s. It was pre O'Brien. This was, this was, yeah. Cause uh, yeah, he was 83. Was right? 83. Yeah. yeah. This was Richard Todd years. Yeah. So it was the first time the jets have made the playoffs in 12 years. So we'll hope that that repeats next year. When they, 
after the 12 year hiatus again. Oh, so. All right. Well, the last few weeks we've uh, we've had a lot of people obviously on wearing jerseys. So you got to uh, stand up for us or point your camera. Let us know who you're wearing. So I'm uh, I'm wearing my Corbett jersey nice. that I got in '98 right before they went on their run. I was going to wear my Sauce jersey that I got. The you know it actually says oh, nice. the day before two days before the Vikings have so lost four games in a row since I got that jersey. Oh yikes! Didn't want to wear that anymore. I think that one might get retired for a while. So I think that might be bad bad luck jersey there for the Jets. I actually said last week that Corbett is like the the jersey to get as a Jets fan, right? You know he he's yeah the career's over. We'll always think back on Wayne Corbett like in in a good light. Like it's it's yeah. a safe. Oh yeah, he's Jersey a to go. full the whole time. His whole career was a Jet. He was a good guy. Never got trouble. You know, good good receiver. You know, and uh, and a great story. So yeah. most people are like, that's the kind of guy you want to rally around. So, all right, um, Marissa, do you have the standings? I know I sent them, but I don't know if I, was, I do. I yeah. do. They are right here, and they are not great. No, they're well, not great at all. The reason I bring it up, first though, place. Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it, but I'll go through them. Zach has taken over the lead, but it's nothing to be proud of. <laughs> Zach goes it's one like and the, two. It's like the Buccaneers division right now. Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. we are awful. Three and overall, three and nine last week. Yes. Uh, listeners, 0 oh and three. Marissa, one and two. Me, one and two. Zach, one and two. So Zach is 20 and 22 on the season. <laughs> the listeners are 19 and 23, one game back. And then it's a drop off. Uh, I'm 17 and 25. Marissa, 16 and 26. Marissa on the Monday night game had a chance to, yeah. to pull into a tie with Fighting me. Fighting Baker the Rams. Mayfield didn't, didn't pull. Yeah, pull Baker, yeah. Baker disappointed. <laughs> um, so we always start with the leader, which has been the listener. Oh. But this week, Zach, you get to go first. Man, I, don't, I was looking through the lines. I don't really like any of these. There's so many. No, it's a lot a of weird week. games. There's a lot of like quarterbacks who are injured, and so it's like hard to like suss out. So I'm kind of riding blind here. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go Lions minus two and a half against the Panthers. I think the Lions are rolling. I think they're gonna roll all the way to the playoffs. Um, the Panthers are sneaky, like competitive, but I think the Lions will win that one. Um, I'm gonna do. I think I saw. I want to go Eagles plus four and a half. Minshew mania. Let's do it. Um, have a little fun there. Uh, oh man, these lines are awful. And I'll go Chargers minus four and a half. I don't see how the Colts can bounce back from that epic collapse. Um, I imagine they might just be in the tank now. So I'll go with that one. Yeah, I mean the coach is already gone. What's left to uh, What's left to play for <laughs> at this point after that disastrous defeat? Um, all right, so Lions, Eagles, Chargers for Zach, Dave, you're up. All right, so I'm, I'm going to go. I took the Lions as well. I think even if Carolina's kind of playing well, they're they're still in that division with the Bucks, so there's no one down there that is playing well, even if they're winning games. Um, I also like the Bengals minus three, and and I took the the Bills minus eight against the Bears. A lot of similar picks we got here. Yeah, me too. Me too. It was a weird week for very weird. It was, uh, it was a hard pick. pick so yeah, I yeah. didn't want to take the Vikings after that win because yeah. after they had a big win against the Bills, then they got crushed by the. Cowboys the next week. So I was like, well, they came back last week. They'll probably get crushed by the Giants. So. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. I have the Bengals as well, uh, helping the Jets out a little bit with the win at New England. Uh, they're minus three. Um, and I took the Chargers minus four and a half. Same exact reason as you, Zach. I just think that after that disastrous loss a week ago, that team is done, uh, won't recover. And then my third one, which I went back and forth and back and forth to try to find the right game. I'm going with the Browns again. They're the only team that got 
covered for me last week. Uh, minus three versus the Saints. So go, Marissa, and you're up. <laughs> That's like what the temperature is going to be for that game. Minus <laughs> oh my three. God. But you won't. Um, you're you're going to be no, in New York. No, I'm hoping I'm in New Jersey tomorrow. Let's, yeah. let's fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. I, yeah, I don't think I could sit through that. Um, okay. I am doing Detroit and the Bengals as well. Um, so two of the same picks as Zach and Dave, right? Dave, you had you had yeah. Detroit. And, yeah, and Detroit Bengals. and the Bengals. Yep. Um, and then I am going to do Eagles plus four and a half at Dallas. Uh, I'm gonna hop on the Gardner Minshew mania train. I mean, like I, I think the Eagles are just have such a good team that I think they'll work up. Yeah, something yeah, yeah. To keep that. I mean, real. like if you're. Like, yes, Jalen Hurts has played so well all season and not to take away anything from Jalen Hurts, but you still got A.J. Brown out there. You still have that defense that has, like, an unbelievable amount of sacks this year. So, you know, we'll you see. Know. That's going to be a fun game to watch. Gardner Minshew is yes. going to put himself in the uh, 2023 Jets starting Jets quarterback. Category. I was literally about to say, I was about to say, how fun would a Mike White-Gardner Minshew QB competition be? That would be yes. a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if not Jimmy G, right? There's so many. It's funny at this point. There's so many possibilities that that's a whole podcast. At I some feel like point we could maybe this is what we should doing. do this off season. We could do like an episode for like each QB candidate and like bring an expert on about that guy or well, something. And we yeah. ha- we have to mention the the Lamar Jackson. Thing oh yeah, because that's what everyone. Oh yeah, wants fans are like their fans are like Lamar's coming to the Jets for sure. It's happening. Does Lamar <laughs> fit this offense? I, I don't want to get into this all now. Yeah, well, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I I can't imagine they wouldn't franchise tag him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't think there, so. these are yeah. these are conversations you can have at the Christmas dinner table. With <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and we and speaking of that, we hope that everybody has a great holiday um, season. Um, whether you're in the middle, Marissa, we're in the middle of Hanukkah still. Um, yes. 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 Till yep. Sunday. Sunday. I asked Marissa, not Zach. Yes. It started that was the 18th. Brilliant by me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're still in the middle of it. All right. And. So very good. Uh, So enjoy the weekend. Uh, We will have two episodes next week, even though the Jets obviously already played. Uh, We won't have Dane Brugler on Monday, unfortunately, but we'll have something. We'll figure out it'll be a really good episode. And then obviously preview of Seattle coming up later next week. If you want to join The Athletic, you can do it. Read all of Zach's great stuff, including the story that's coming up tomorrow that he teased a little bit. Um, You can join The Athletic for $2 a month for a year. So $24 for the year. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait for that great deal. Thanks to Dave Hoyt for joining us with his picks. We will talk to everybody again next week. Keep your heads up, Jets fans. Your chin's up. <laughs>